Hello and welcome to another episode of Over the Rainbow. This is Bob, your host, and back by popular demand is Mr. Brett Stevens. Hi, Brett. Hey, Bob. How are you today? I'm good. I'm going to go watch a basketball game this afternoon. Um, yeah, hanging out, having a good day so far. Great, great. Well, I, I read the book and it's absolutely amazing. Um, Thank you. The detail is, is unbelievable. Um, uh, set, what is that um, condition that you have, hypernesia? Yeah, it's called hypernesia, and I didn't really know what it was until my doctor had read the book, and she looked it up and told me that I had it. And it's basically the ability to remember traumatic events in great detail. So something about the trauma kind of stirs up the details and I'm able to go back to those places and remember very specific things. Yeah, because when I read the book, the three manic episodes were like, you were there, like um, every little detail you described and it was extremely interesting. Um, I ha I actually turned it on where I could have it, the book read to me, so because of my uh, ADD and dyslexia, it's difficult for me to read books. It's probably the first book I read in a long time. But anyway, nobody wants to hear about that. Um, you said um, in the last interview that you had a family history of bipolar. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So I didn't really know that anything was going on in my family until I had my first episode. And then as I was recovering, I talked a little bit more and I found out my, my grandma was bipolar and my aunt uh, also uh lives with bipolar so i think that's the best way to say it and so i really was able to learn more from my aunt as i got deeper into it after my third episode and had the diagnosis but yeah i didn't have any idea that it ran in my family until after i had my first uh psychotic episode but then when i was actually diagnosed you know later on then i really got the full story about what was going on with my grandma my aunt and my dad has showed signs of it, but I, I don't believe that he was officially diagnosed. Yeah, I think my, my dad had bipolar, but it was more of a, a little bit high, a little bit low, not the extremes that you went through. What, when you went through the manic episodes, they would last, what, for a couple of days or just? Yeah, yeah, a couple of days come on really strong and then as you probably read, just end up in the hospital, and that's when the recovery starts. Yeah, yeah. So once um, you come back to reality, um, there's a period of depression, anxiety. Could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, and just to reiterate, I think everyone's experience is, is going to be different. What what happened in my experiences were I would I would have these these manic episodes. And as you read, you, you, you think you think God is talking to you. you. You think you're doing things that are so special and you're so high on it. And every day and everything that happens is, is so interesting and exciting. So as you can imagine, when you come down from that, normal things do not seem fun at all. And then combine that with medication and, you know, drugs that are trying to get your mood right, but also can be you know, painful or cause nausea, you know, there's all that. And then I think there's also an additional layer of the things you lost. So I had this really good job 
and it was just gone. It disappeared. Yeah, I worked for three years for something and it just disappeared. Uh, I was living independently on my own and all that disappears. Now I'm at home with my mom. I was living in a city where it's warm out and everyone's outside and then it's it's snowing and cold. And so I just think, you know, the different layers of coming down from an episode for me, that, that was the most depressing was was more like what I had lost and what I was experiencing now. And then that takes a lot of time to get over. Um, so for me, that was that was the most challenging when it came to recovery. Uh, I was definitely depressed. So it was how many, uh, was it a couple months or a month or? I mean, the first the first month or two, I'm still hallucinating. I don't know if I really honed in on that on the, the book, but I, on the next one, I'm trying to really focus in on, I'm very manic still, even after coming home and after the hospital, and I'm just a little bit more confused. That's for about a month or two. And then there's really just, I'd say like, three i'd say there's another six months of just like feeling very down lack of confidence my whole world was just completely different so my senses are off i have no i'm not i'm vulnerable shy i'm just a different person altogether for about six months i'd say and then i slowly do one thing or i try a chess club or i you know realize that that there's different parts of life that you can focus on and, and still gain a lot of value from. And, you know, I think the biggest realization was my life wasn't so perfect before I had my episodes. So in my mind, everything was great. I was doing all these awesome things, but the more you reflect on it, it you know, there's good and bad regardless of really what's going on. So I'd say the first, you know, eight months total is, is very challenging, but then I, it, it takes me 18 months to fully feel better back out there getting, you know, could go get a job, can live on my own. And I've just seen that same pattern with all three of my episodes. So for me, like, that's kind of what I could expect uh, when I recover. So your recovery was usually at home with your mother, and it was like you would stay maybe 18 months. And... Right. Yeah, every time I, I, I left college and I came back home, and then I left my independent life in my early 20s to move home, and then I had to come back from Texas for 18 months. Uh, so I'm lucky I had those those places to go and I had my mom was very supportive and she she dropped everything to help out she quit her job and you know I think that's a major reason that I was able to recover and, and I'm doing well now because I know that that's not the case for everybody but yeah she was like the main person driving the recovery and just literally probably as obsessed with it as I was to, to help me get better yeah uh the first time you said you were 19 in college you had it then you had it, what, a couple of years afterwards? Yeah, when I was 22, I had it. And this is uh, after you played the poker for a while? Yeah, I, I was a professional poker player right after college and kind of towards the end of college. So I had my first episode at 19, was fully recovered around 21, and then had, a, had two years of just, just great fun with my roommates and friends my age and playing poker and having an awesome time and then i had my, my next episode after that around 22. right and so after the second episode what did you do um what's that when you took the job in texas so after the second episode i i tried to go right back to playing professional poker and in like a the perfect storm of events, all of online poker was shut down. It was called Black Friday. It happened in 2011. 
So I'm sitting there depressed, not able to do the thing that I was generating money and, and using as my, as my career at that point and just feeling really bad about it. And so eventually when I was getting more comfortable and I let a few more months pass, I found, I just went online and looked for any job that required no experience. I didn't use my degree at all. And I sold paper door to door. And it was a really, I was so nervous. I was, I really had this attitude, like no matter what happens, I, I have to try something because I'm not just gonna sit around and just let this thing like ruin my, my life. So I, right. I just kind of went out there and I tried and I was so, oh, all these other people are, are going to do better than me. And, you know, how can I how can I possibly get this job over some other people? But as I as I stuck with the job, you know, we're going door to door with people. We're doing one of these, you know, there's not a lot of money being paid out. But I, I got some confidence because I realized that I had I had some skill and I could I could do the job. And so I think that little bit of confidence kind of led me to then working at a gym and becoming a general manager really fast and then ultimately like moving to Texas where I had like really good experience for my career in terms of like building a startup and scaling and, and getting a lot of a lot more like high level management experience. Yeah, the book goes into your job in Texas and how you kind of built it from scratch and uh, became a high level manager. Yeah, my and brother had worked on this project for an entire decade really this was the biggest priority you know right after his family to do and there was no guarantee that he'd be successful but by the time i came around he had already had some customers and he was doing really well and he I think he offered me the job as something to help me out at first he was he knew my situation he knew i had some skills but it was more like i'm gonna i'm gonna give brad a shot at this because he, he hasn't necessarily had a full-time job. He played poker and he tried, you know, he did the gym a little bit, but he, he kind of gave me this opportunity. So I, I went down to Texas and we just worked really, really well together. He handled, he was in Philadelphia and I was in Texas because that's where his partner was. So, so yeah, so he was the tech person and he had developed this great system. And I came in as more of the customer service sales implementation of the software and I think the biggest moment when we became more successful in terms of what I was doing was the, the rollout process of our software took, it took three months to get someone up and running and get them to, to bill and, and pay our company. And the first right. thing that I worked on was shortening that to seven days and doing it online and really wow. like cutting our costs. So mm -hmm. once we did that, I mean, we started going so fast and, you know, you look up Three years later, there was like 35 people in that office from from two that we started with, and my brother was had 15 engineers, which is a very very like huge huge kind of expense. But we were able to afford it, and and then the company just got very successful. I know one of the companies you said uh, the the big manager came one day and you beat him at chess. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I have kind of like a baby face. I look a lot younger than, than I am. So I'm always kind of being asked, how old are you? So, so when I so when we got one of these big deals, uh, the owner of one of these big or I'm sorry, the, the CEO of one of these big companies invited us out. They are a customer service first company. They they bleed for their customers and they wanted to give us a lesson in how to run this stuff because we were really new. So I show up, I'm really young, and I was able to do okay in the meeting, 
but I saw his chess set and I, I just love chess. I've played my whole life. I'm not some great, you know, grandmaster or anything, but I, I've always played and I really find it interesting. And so I, I, I asked him, I said, do you play chess? And he said, yes. And then we just kind of went at it all afternoon. I was just amazed that this guy just cleared out his whole schedule to play me in chess all afternoon. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm playing chess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're doing important <laughs> stuff in here. All right, so then you had your third episode, uh, which ended not so well. Uh, you were in a pizza place, was it? Yeah, I. it was the end of this just thing after thing, you know, not sleeping, not eating. You, I mean, I'm sure you read about all the, you know, the homeless experience, the, the bridge, even the treadmill. Right. And... I just was in this here. I'll try to just describe it. I was in this pizza place. Okay. I was very angry. I was getting messages from God is what it, I experienced. I, you know, that that's what the experience was. And it was, he was saying, you know, you're a man, don't listen to anybody. Like all these people are not, they're trying to harm you. Very just scary. And, and he kind of like pumped me up enough to get me to turn around, stand up on the stool that I was, that I was sitting in. And I just like yelled, I yelled at the whole place and it was quiet and it, it felt good. You know, when, when everyone stopped talking, uh -huh. I was like, oh, like it was this relief. And then I just like, this guy tried to get, settle me down and I just pushed him and then everyone got really scared. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to carry a firearm in Texas. So uh, thankfully right. no one got that scared. I got out of there and I just was like, okay, that was fun. Like, what's next? It, it, there was no emotional reaction or reflection on what just happened. I just moved on to the next thing. But I think of all the, the stuff, that was so out of character for me. I would never, you know, when I go to a restaurant now, I'm like, how could I have done that? How, how could, I'm the same person, how could I have actually yelled at a group of random people in a restaurant? And, you know, those are the things that it, I'm not embarrassed by it but I just cannot believe it. And, and I don't think that I'm worried that it yeah. would happen again, but it's just one of those things that right. you just kind of wonder. Well, yeah. Uh, now you have cut out alcohol, you've cut out any kind of uh, marijuana or any other, or even caffeine you cut out of your diet, correct? Yeah, and I, I never, marijuana was the only, I guess you could say drug that I ever did. I never experimented with anything else. And so I saw my friends doing marijuana and being totally fine. So I, you know, I kind of saw that as kind of a social norm thing. But yeah, I don't drink energy drinks. I was actually talk about being depressed. Just not having caffeine in the morning was very hard at first. And also, and obviously alcohol too. But I think the hardest part about not having caffeine or alcohol that takes some time to get over when you used to drink those things just having that conversation mm -hmm. you're at a restaurant and you're at breakfast and everyone's ordering coffee and you oh can i have decaf you have to just remind everybody and they're mm -hmm. like what decaf it's morning or you're you're out to dinner with your friends and oh i'll have the water and everyone's like we're all we're all drinking like so i i have to i had to learn over time like what i wanted to say and what was really important versus you know i didn't have to get into the fact that i'm bipolar with all these people at at whatever you know i just kind of learned to say like yeah, that's what I ordered <laughs> without getting too right. irritated or come off like I'm, I'm in a bad mood over it. So that that is definitely really tricky, especially like, you know, I'm in my early, early 30s. It's not like I'm in college or anything, but 
it's definitely a, a topic that that can come up once in a while okay yeah um did you want to talk about your next uh book are you writing one book or a couple books yeah so i a while ago i said just was once i started getting better I, I just really enjoy writing which is something i didn't even know that i i like to do until this process started and i just started kind of thinking if there was someone sitting next to me who was newly diagnosed and in that place of just confusion and not feeling it yet and just having no clue what's going on, I tried to write something that I could essentially like all the things that I would want to tell that person, I wanted to put in a book so that they could just go through it and read it and, and really hopefully gain something from it. But as I started writing, I just learned more and more that everyone's different. Like not everyone has a, a mom at home who's going to quit their job and, and support you. Not everyone can just give up alcohol or just take their medicine all the time, like with ease. And so I really didn't do anything with it. Um, but more recently, I just decided that I'm going to write about my story again, the things that I did to get to, to recover and get to the place that I'm at now. And I'm just hoping that if someone wants to read it, they might pick a, a thing or two that they can relate to. Um, you know, I have pretty strong feelings about what I have to do for myself in terms of like taking my medication, trusting doctors, like all these things that I know are issues across the board for, for people living with bipolar and probably other, other anxiety things as well. But I just wanted to write something and I'm, I'm pretty much done with the second thing that I feel is kind of the second, my experience type of book. I don't have a title yet, but my guess is it, it should be. Uh, finish here shortly and then you know the publishing process can take some time but I definitely think that I left some good information on the table in in crossover at the end I kind of went through it very lightly and generally to get it to the end but I wanted to kind of pick it up from there and go into a lot of detail about just what people go through and you know for me I, I don't know that all, everyone that I know really understands like if you're sitting at home all day depressed, you're not just sitting at home all day. You're you're beating yourself up. You're dealing with impossible thoughts. You can't even get up or go out of the house. And I just wanted to give that kind of a description of what it's like to go through it instead of I was depressed for four months, you know, because I right. think that that might be more valuable. And you also had a lot of anxiety um, during that period, correct? Oh, yeah, I think the anxiety was probably worse because I think I've always I've always wanted to do well and, and be out there and, and have a like, cool confidence when I'm doing things. And to right. just have that stripped, it, it makes you very nervous because you feel like a different person. And it's really right. like no matter what you're doing now, you have this like intense, like distracting feeling. I think in the second book, I call it like a hell like buzz. It's just in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, you just have to deal with it and, and learn the tools and the medicine that can that can help. But I will say, um, I tend to avoid things that I'm that I'm feeling anxious about. And one thing I've learned is if you if you don't avoid it, the the anxiety will go down every time you don't avoid something. So that made sense yeah. to me, but it's it's not easy. No, I mean it's amazing uh, to go through three of those episodes. Uh, I went through like two major depressions and that was bad enough. But, um, yeah, and my depressions lasted six months. Um, so 
this is a whole different animal. And so is there anything else? You said that you went on, uh, the doctors finally put you on lithium, lamictal, and what were the other things that you did? Uh, so fish oil is an over-the-counter and acetylcysteine is over-the-counter. And then there's also Synthroid, which helps with the side effects of lithium. That's what I understand. I'm not quite sure on all the details. All right. So um, is there anything you want to say and uh, to wrap things up? Uh, I think this is very informative and uh, the first show went over very well. And hopefully uh, people get more of a perspective and... I just want to say that the book is everywhere. Uh, I got it on Amazon. It's Amazon Kindle, $9.99, and I think it's like 12 something for the hard copy. And it's got a lot of good reviews, so I would go up there and check out the reviews. And uh, do you want to talk about your Facebook uh, project yeah. at all? Yeah, Facebook page is Crossover, A Look Inside a Manic Mind try to put little helpful things up there and, and new information about the book. I'm actually going to have an audio book soon. So if, if you aren't a reader, which I'm really not, there's going to be an option where you can just buy the audio book. It's, I think it's going to be around like less than five hours to listen to the entire book with all the stuff in it. Um, and the guy does a really good job with the voices and the different conversations. So I'm pretty excited to, to get that out there. Yeah, I think it took me five to six hours, and I had a guy that was reading fast, so okay, uh, that helped me a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, you have an audiobook coming out for for people that uh, aren't big readers, so they get a chance to listen to your story. Um, so, is there anything else you would want to talk about? I mean, I, I mean, I want. I, I want to hear, I would just love to hear from other people and what their experiences are. And, and if they, if they did read the book or if they do read the book, like obviously the, the feedback and the, like, I would, I would love to hear what someone who read the book, you know, like more people like you that have read it that might, might disagree mm -hmm. with something or might want to have a conversation or say this is totally different from what I go through and we're, we both have bipolar one you know so maybe some sort of message right. that like tells people hey if there's anything that you're not agreeing with or you see differently like let's just talk about it all because I think that's really what what we're, we're doing here you know we're trying to not to let people open up and help explain to them what what I went through but also I want to know what they went through and, and kind of like compare and, and understand and learn more. And uh, people that don't have a support system, is there anything they can do that you know of? That they I'm could... sure there are. I think NAMI is a good place to start from my understanding. And I know there's support groups which are, which are helpful, you know, in, in certain ways. So I think if, Again, I've been lucky with the with the support system, so I'm sure the first place to go would be online and see. But there's, I know there's local stuff in most cities that that provides some support for stuff like this. Anything about your other sites or like? Um, I know you had Facebook, but you oh yeah, and it's Brett Brett saying. Stevens on Twitter and LinkedIn. All right, so a very 
was a real pleasure talking to you, Brett, and hopefully we can talk in the future. Bob, thanks for having me twice on the show. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Okay, once again, uh, amazing courage, um, tremendous um, fortitude to get through so, much, so many obstacles and believing in himself throughout the whole process. And uh, I'd like to apologize to his girlfriend because I kind of cut that out because <laughs> I had the, the time period wrong. They apparently knew each other uh, a, good to- a good long time. And I'm not even going to begin to try to remember her name. I know it started with a K, so I'm sorry. But um, I also wanted to... Um, say something about parents and how they stuck by him and his mother had to leave her job and I don't know you know how they afforded it and I'm sure it was a hardship but it it really makes me feel good that people are you know helping their children when they have such a terrible thing happen and it, it's not everybody um, there are people out there that disassociate themselves and I'm sure there's victims of this disease and they have nowhere to go um, you know for the 18 months while they're depressed or have high anxiety I know I had that, and it's really hard coming back off of it. I remember my last uh, depression. Uh, I used to go to work, and then when I got home, I I was living in a motel, and and I just was shaking. I was shaking for about a half hour, just because of the anxiety and and the fact that I didn't have my full confidence back, but. Both Brett and I, you know, have this kind of will to go on and resilience. And I I just, I mean, I'm really touched by his story. Um, The book is just unbelievable. It it goes through everything almost exactly. I know he's going to have another book describing... um, his depression afterwards, and uh, I don't know what else to say. I think, um, yeah, his family is just terrific. Sounds like his brothers are, are very loving, and I mean that's just a, you know breaks my heart because I'm I'm a big family person. Um, I always call my kids all the time, and if they need money and what how are they doing. And it sounds like um, Brett's parents are the same, and that's just just great. I mean, it's a great story, and I hope to hear more great stories uh, that we can continue to bring these success stories to you and give you some maybe some inspiration 
to hang in there and, and don't give up. Um, medicines will work eventually. For me, I'm in a good place. Uh, I got lucky and I got some good medicine recently and I'm in a very good place right now. Hopefully that'll stay that way and I can continue to bring this broadcast to you. Um, if you have any questions about today's broadcast with Brett, um, please write me at overtherainbowbob at gmail.com and look me up on Twitter at overtherain1bow. Also, I'm going to put all the links for uh, Brett in there so you, you'll be able to go directly to his sites, uh, check out his Facebook site and his regular website and I just <clears throat> I'm just very glad that I got to meet him uh, he's he's just a tremendous tremendous uh, person who, who, who has great fortitude and you know I really can't say enough about it I I'm just humbled by it I hope that our Remaining shows are just as interesting. I am planning to have uh, uh, another guest next weekend, possibly. Uh, she wrote a book about worrying, which is one thing I do all the time. I worry, worry, worry. And she, she <laughs> once I read the book, maybe it will help me from, or it will help to stop me from worrying so much. But. Uh, I'll let everyone know when that's going to happen, um, if it's going to happen. It's preliminary right now. Um, and that's it. So, everybody enjoy the weekend. It's Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, that's it. And that wraps up the show. And um, I, I don't have any music at the end today. So, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. But... Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the whole show. I enjoyed it a lot. So take care of yourself. Hello, it's me again, Bob, with a surprise ending. Um, I'm very glad that everyone is excited about Brett's broadcast, and we're having a lot of people that come and visit. Um, if you'd like to keep listening, uh, that'd be great. Next week I'm going to have a woman that found 50 ways to stop worrying. I need that. And a week from Saturday, I'll be interviewing Brett Stevens' mother and girlfriend. So I know, I'll know you want to tune into that. But check out the rest of my podcast. It has a lot of mental health information. And I interview someone with dyslexia, schizophrenia, panic attacks. And such things. And I will be doing more interviews uh, with people that suffer from this terrible mental illness. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. Please come back.